0: Psalm 55 is another mascal or instructional psalm written by David. Here he writes of the wounded soul's reaction to troubles. When troubles arise, every person has a fight or flight response. And here David writes of both. In verse 6, he writes about flight. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. But then in verse 9, he writes of fight as he prays to God to destroy his enemies. If you've ever been troubled, or perhaps wounded by physical or emotional distress, then you can certainly identify with Psalm 55, the song of a wounded soul. Let's begin with verse 1 through 8 and look at the complaint. The complaint in verse 1 to 8. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Give heed to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint. And I'm surely distracted because of the voice of my enemy, because of the pressure of the wicked. For they bring down trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Behold, I would wander far away, I would lodge in the wilderness, saylah, I would hasten to my place of refuge from the stormy wind and tempest. David begins here by calling upon God in very emphatic terms, "Give ear to my prayer, O God." He says, "God, do not hide from me, but rather give heed and hear me." The word prayer here refers to either personal or corporate prayer. So this is a prayer that could be prayed by an individual, but also by a group of believers. And it covers a wide variety of forms and issues. And so this type of prayer that he's praying to God could be for any number of things. It could be for uh, help, it could be for deliverance, it could be for healing, uh, whatever it may be. But he employs this type of prayer because he's been hurt, he's been wounded. And so he's offering this supplication. That This is a prayer uh, that's offered as a request for a favor. Or for help. Now, David offers a twofold reason for needing God to hear him, for needing God's response. He says, First, I am in deep trouble. I'm restless in my complaint and and I'm surely distracted. That word there, when he says that he is restless, restless means he's wandering, he's roaming. In other words, he's all over the place. You know, he just can't seem to focus, he can't seem to settle down on anything, he's just all over the board. And we might paraphrase it this way, uh, you know, I'm all over the place. I just, I, can't, I, I just can't settle down on anything. My mind's just running. Second, he has enemies who give him pain because they have a voice. In other words, the distress, the trouble that he is experiencing, that David is experiencing, isn't so much physical in this situation as it is emotional or mental. And it's coming from verbal attacks from his enemies. They oppress him. They're bringing down trouble upon him. Perhaps they're spreading lies about him or gossip about him, whatever it may be, and, and they hate him. Now, notice that the pain that David's feeling, though, is, is deeper than just you know, the, 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 the words that are coming out of their mouths. If it had been the words from anybody else, perhaps it wouldn't have hurt so deep. But here, these words are words of betrayal, because this one had been a close associate. This individual or individuals had been friends, perhaps even family to David. But now they had rejected him. Now they plot against him with deceit and destruction. And so David responds by elaborating in verses 4 to 5 on this agony that he's experiencing from these former friends, this wound, the terrors David feels. He has an overwhelming sense of dread, so much so that he is a fear in fear and trembling. He's overwhelmed by horror. The word horror there means shuddering. In other words, he's literally shaking. His entire body is out of control because of Fear. Fear is a very real and powerful emotion. And it is one that David himself experienced. In verse 5 to 7, David expresses now his yearning for flight. If I had wings like a dove, I listen, if I could get out of here, I would just go. I'd flee my circumstance. I'd vanish like a bird. I'd find a refuge in some distant land. I'd hasten my escape from this storm. You know, he, he pictures his enemies like a deluge just pouring down upon him. And it's no wonder why he'd want to flee. You know, one of the, the, the beauties of our relationship with God is that, you know, while others may not understand, God always understands. He understands our, our desire to flee. Remember, God created us. He gave us that flight or fight response as a means of protecting us. And so he understands our desire to want to flee pain and adversity. He knows the pain and agony of a broken heart. In fact, he knows it very experientially as Jesus experienced that very betrayal from a friend. Even Jesus, though, when he prayed, Father, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. You know, there's that fear flight or fight response even jesus in his humanity wanted to flee but he didn't because he said not my will but thine be done it wasn't god the father's will for jesus to flee let's move on to the condemnation so we've we've seen the complaint in one to eight let's look at the condemnation in verses nine to fifteen Confuse, O oh Lord, divide their tongues, "'for I have seen violence and strife in the city. "'Day and night they go around upon her walls. "'Iniquity and mischief are in her midst. "'Destruction is in her midst. "'Oppression and deceit do not depart from her streets, "'for it is not an enemy who reproaches me. "'Then I can bear it. "'Nor is it one who hates me, "'who has exalted himself against me. "'Then I could hide myself from him. "'But it is you, a man my equal, my companion, "'my familiar friend.' We who had sweet fellowship together walked in the house of God in the throng. Let death come deceitfully upon them. Let them go alive down the Sheol. For evil is in their dwelling, in their midst. Now David goes from wanting to flee to wanting to fight. And in doing so, he calls upon the Lord. I can't fight alone. I need you to fight for me. Confuse and divide their tongues. Literally, confuse their speech. He's praying Babel upon them. Okay, I'm sure David was very familiar of the of of the historical narrative of the of the Tower of Babel and how God came down and confused the languages. That's what he wants you. God stepped down and confused their language. You know, separate these people, shut their mouths, whatever you need to do, so that they will cease from inflicting themselves upon me. And again, notice why for why David is asking for God to intervene in this way, day and night. the, the idea of day and night here is continually. 24 hours a day, they're going around on the walls of the city. And this would be the city of Jerusalem. And iniquity and mischief were in their midst. The the word iniquity here denotes evil schemes. In other words, they're going through the whole city, spreading their their mischief, their wicked schemes, that that are fueled by deceit, that will result in destruction. And the guile is out on the streets. It's in the marketplace. It's out on the plaza. The very heart of the city is, is where these lies and uh, verbal attacks have, have spread. And so in verse 12 to 14, David becomes very personal as to identify who his enemy is. It's not just an enemy. Hey, I can bear it if it was an enemy. No, if it was just somebody that hates me, hey, I could even deal with that. This is somebody who was once my equal, once my companion, once my familiar friend. David and this friend had been so close that they had sweet fellowship together. They broke bread together. They ate together. They went here and there together. And now, they were even in the house of God together. They even worshipped together. And somewhere along the line, this woman relationship had been broken. And David had been rejected. And his anger over this betrayal... Is unequivocal. Look at what David says: "Let death seize them; let them go down alive into hell." David is done. He's had enough. God give them whatever they deserve. Take them alive down into hell, rather than let them live out their natural days. Wow. Again, this is the this is the, the song of a wounded soul. Verse 16 to 23, we have a confession. As for me, David says, I shall call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur, and he will hear my voice. He will redeem my soul in peace from the battle which is against me, for there are many who strive with me. God will hear and answer them, even the one who sits enthroned from of old, Selah, with whom there is no change, and who do not And who do not fear God? He has put forth his hand against those who are at peace with him. He has violated his covenant. His speech was smoother than butter, but his heart was war. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he'll sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. But you, O God, will bring them down to the pit of destruction. Men of bloodshed and deceit will not live out half their days. But I will trust in you. David gives his own confession of faith here. He asserts that he will call upon the Lord, and the Lord will deliver him from his traitorous enemies. His prayers will be continuous at more at evening, morning, and noon. By the way, notice that the, the uh, direction there of that prayer. It's evening, morning, noon, which indicates the, the Jewish idea of the day beginning at evening. So he, we, would pray, we would say morning, noon, and night. David says, I pray evening, morning, and at noon. The idea is he's praying throughout the day and throughout the night. His prayer is consistent. His prayer is continuous. It's vocal. It's energetic. I'm not only praying, I'm crying out, Lord. That verb translated here is pray. literally means to, uh, to complain. In fact, that's how we have it translated here. I will complain and murmur. And it's interesting there that... Uh, that, That prayer would be, the term for prayer would be the same term as complaint. But isn't that many times what our prayer needs to be? That we bring our complaints to God? That we cry aloud or boisterous. That's the idea of crying out. David's bellowing. He's getting God's attention. He'll hear my voice. In verse 18, David acknowledges the result of his prayer. He'll be redeemed. He'll be ransomed. God is going to liberate his soul. David is going to be in peace. He's going to be in wholeness and security. He's going to have well-being because God delivers him. But not only is God going to deliver David, he's also going to afflict David's enemies. And this judgment upon David's enemy, his former friend, comes from the one who sits enthroned from of old. That word sits enthroned Yasab means sits as king or sits as judge. God is the king judge from of old or from the beginning. And God's judgment is deserved upon this former friend because they don't change. They don't fear God. They, they, they have, they have talked the talk, but they didn't walk the walk. They, they, did, they, they went around, oh, David, yeah, we love the Lord. Oh, yes, David, this, that, and the other thing. We love you. But you know what? Now they had turned their back on David. They'd even turned their back on God. And because of that, they'd be judged. These former friends are identified as being bound with him in a covenant that had now been broken. There was a contract, there was a a covenant, there was an oath made. It was legally binding and it was now violated. And the fact that they violated their covenant with David meant they violated it with God because any covenant made, any oath made, any vow taken is made, is taken in the sight of God. God is witness. Furthermore, his enemies are hypocrites. Their words are smoother than butter, but their heart is at war. You know that that idea is you know again. Look at the, the next statement: they're softer than oil, but sharp as a drawn sword. There's deception here. Okay, you know you can't trust what they're saying. They're, they're, they're saying one thing and they're saying something else to something different to somebody else. Now again, we don't know what the issue was. Uh, we could surmise many things, but we're not going to for the sake of time. But whatever it may have been that led to the breakup and the the disillusion of this covenant, the breaking of this covenant between David and his former friend, the issue here is on the former friend, but it's now affected the whole city. It's divided the city. Listen, folks, sin is never an individual act. It affects many people, and it spreads out. In verse 22, David turns again to his confidence in the Lord. David has fulfilled his his, uh, exhortation. He's practicing what he's preaching. Lord, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to pray to you. And you're going to sustain me. You're going to support me. You're going to nourish me. And then I love what he says He will never permit the righteous to be moved. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to totter. I'm not going to slip. I'm going to be steadfast. He's brought the Lord all his emotional pain, he's brought him his feelings of rejection, he's brought him the turmoil of the city. He's talked to him about the attacks upon him, and now he's experiencing a result. God upholds him, God stabilizes him. And friends, if you if your soul's been wounded, if you're if you're dealing with some emotional or mental distress, here's the key: we need to bring it to God in prayer. Yes, we're going to want to flee at times. Yes, we're going to want to fight at times. But we've got to, we've got to step back, and we've got to first go to God. Bring your pain. Bring your rejection. Bring the turmoil. Bring the attacks. And you bring it to God and leave it at that throne of grace and step back, and you will experience the results of God's stabilizing hand. Folks, you will never know the release and relief of this promise that is made here. He will never permit the righteous to be moved until you act on it through prayer, until you bring that burden to the Lord and allow Him to sustain you and keep you firm. David, in verse 23, confesses his confidence in God. And uh, that God not only will hear an answer, but that God will execute judgment. The bloodthirsty, the murderers, the deceitful men will die young, but I will trust in you. In his anger, David had the alternative to flee or fight. He chose neither, but instead threw himself upon God, placed his life, placed his enemy's life in God's hands. The God who never flees, the God who always fights for his people. Let's pray, Father God in heaven. We thank you that the Psalms can be so intimate and personal, Father. Many, if not everyone, Lord, has experienced the wound of a of a former friend now now turned enemy, someone Lord who uh, we thought was uh, trustworthy but proved themselves to be false. And Father, we've all experienced that wound. We've experienced that. Uh, pain that mental and emotional pain and distress and we know that you lord can deliver us we feel the emotion we go through those times of wanting to flee we go through those times of wanting to fight but father we need to step back and cast ourselves upon you so father if there's someone listening now even lord who's going through that um, emotional mental distress that god you might hear their prayer that they might cry out to you and that lord you will deliver them and deal with those who have wounded them We pray in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.